Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, live from Turin. This is the Eurotrip. This is the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. Today with me, Rob if you were listening to yesterday's episode, you'll be pleased to hear that James is now safely back in the UK. He's on his way home. He hopefully will be back in his living room for semi-final number two. And hopefully he'll also join us a little bit later on this week as we look ahead to the grand final. But here we are then. We are back in Margarita's kitchen. If you weren't listening yesterday, just to fill you in very quickly, things at the Eurotrip have got a little bit tricky over the last few days, safe to say. Uh, We had all of our equipment stolen, including my passport, and then I caught coronavirus. So that's basically what's happened, just to fill you in. But honestly, thank you so much for all of your incredible messages. I'm going to say that so many times during this episode, but it has been incredible and amazing to see how many of you have been so nice to get in contact and say how much you enjoy listening to our episodes and how sorry you are for everything that's happened and also just giving your support because it honestly has made me feel so much better and I know that James feels exactly the same so yeah from the bottom of our hearts thank you so very much but the Eurovision Song Contest it continues semi-final two is tonight so we've got the best possible preview for you I'll say again live from Margarita's Kitchen. Oh, and an update on what happened when I tried to use that gas cooker yesterday. That's on the way. But on the episode today, we've got podcast favourites. Steve Holden, now the host of the official Eurovision podcast. We've got Bella Kvist, Swedish broadcaster, Melody Festival and expert. She'll be joining us to chat all things Sweden. And we're also going to hear from two of the artists competing in tonight's semi-final. We're going to hear from Oz from Romania. Of course, he is a huge favourite with his track Lama May. Everybody loves that. It goes down very well in the Euro Club. And also Sheldon Riley from Australia will be joining us. So you're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Euro Trip. 
I've said it already, but welcome back everybody to Margarita's Kitchen here in my apartment in Turin. Isolation, currently going okay so far. I haven't got too bored. I've been watching an awful lot of Italian Food Network, which is exclusively, I would say, programs about cake and programs about pasta. The second one of those things unsurprising but yeah they love their cake over on Italian Food Network so uh, definitely check that out if you've got a a spare minute or so and you're out here in Turin for the contest and you want to relax and get yourself out of the sun because it is another baking day here in Turin. I've got the windows open, the balcony is just to my left and I'll be popping out there maybe for a spot of lunch a little bit later on. The big update that I know you're all after is how my first experience of cooking in Margarita's kitchen went yesterday. Well, I can tell you that it was reasonably successful. I made myself some chicken pasta. So some chicken, uh, some pasta, obviously, it's chicken pasta, and uh, like a jarred tomato and basil sauce that James had been so wonderful to deliver to me before he departed. And that makes it sound like he's dead. He's not dead. I mean, departed to the UK. You know what I mean? Anyway, So it's a very old gas cooker and that was my main worry but it was one of those experiences when you're cooking in someone else's kitchen where you don't know where anything is and it's kind of like a voyage of discovery every single turn that you take and every single drawer that you pull out. So I managed eventually to find a chopping board and a knife and a wooden spoon and a couple of pans and realise that you have to light the gas hob with a cigarette lighter which is a level of jeopardy that I didn't really need when I was making dinner. But we got there anyway, and I had dinner. So that's the main thing. And I think, I think somebody might be dropping off a takeaway for semi-final number two. So things are looking up here from my uh, from my COVID isolation in Turin. But yeah, I've mentioned it there. Semi-final two is here already. Honestly, Eurovision week is hurtling by. So we should probably start looking ahead to tonight's show. We're going to hear from a couple of the acts on the way later. We're going to hear from Sheldon Riley from Australia, a chat that me and him had last week. And also we're going to hear from Ors from Romania, a chat that me and him had on the turquoise carpet at the weekend. When, I should reiterate, I was importantly still testing negative for COVID. So don't worry about me having given COVID to any of the Eurovision artists this year. I promise that we were doing all of the tests that we needed to and we were being very safe. But we're going to start today with a chat with podcast favourite. He's been on many times to chat about the UK at Eurovision. He's now the host of the official Eurovision podcast. He is the lovely, lovely, lovely Steve Holden. He's been incredibly busy. And that's how I started our interview because I said, Steve, you must be the busiest man on the Eurovision team this week. (laughs) Well, I've been trying to make the official Eurovision Song Contest podcast. Um, I've been trying to do as many episodes as I can. And I guess what's good is I'm behind the scenes. So I've been based in the delegation bubble, which is where all of the dressing rooms are. And it's basically where you just see loads of the acts when they are not rehearsing and they're not on stage and they want to hang out and they want a bit of food or whatever. It's quite a small space, smaller than you'd think. And it's just random when you see Constractor walk through or it's kind of random when you see the Yellow Wolves come through and they're not in full performance mode, but they're still in performance mode, if you know what I mean. So they're not causing chaos. They're just going through to, you know, take a picture or hang out or whatever. So it's a really weird mix. And where the delegation bubble is, 
Next door is the big hairstyling arena because it's that big. And so you walk past and you'll see Brooke from Ireland having her hair done or LPS having a little snip from Slovenia um, or Citizeni having a little touch up. I, I even saw Martin Osterdahl, the executive supervisor, having his hair done the other day. So it's this, just this really surreal atmosphere where all these people are congregating uh, ready to do one of the biggest things they've ever done, but they're just chilling out and they're in the same queue as you getting a panini or a coffee. And then there's an incredible walk that you can do. And me and you have both done this earlier in the week. And, you know, you're obviously still there and behind the scenes for the rest of the week until the grand final. But there's this amazing walk you can do from the delegation bubble kind of into the arena, isn't there? Past the dressing rooms. And then you go into the arena and you see the green room and you see the stage yeah. with, with the water feature. And you've been on the stage. You've been behind the stage. You really have been everywhere. Yeah, I, the, the best thing I saw was the prop room on the first day. And I couldn't really say anything about it at the time because none of the rehearsals had started. So I went into the prop room and all of the props that we now know are on stage were in this room. And it was amazing trying to guess which prop was for which act. So I saw the melting blue chairs that Amanda from Greece has. And I saw them, I was like, they're really cool, but I don't know who they're going to be for. I saw a massive disco ball and we were... Like, that is for LPS, obviously. Um, saw the two cages that Achille Lauro uses and wondered whether that might be for him. And then, you know, the big prop that Bulgaria had, which was the big sound system. I actually thought that was going to be for Subwoofer. I thought it was a big Subwoofer. Um, but in the end, it was for it was for Bulgaria, for Intelligent Music Project. But, so, you know, as we've seen now, some of them are absolutely huge. So I saw Sam's prop before I knew it was his prop and it was in kind of three bits. Um, and obviously now you've seen the rehearsal footage, you can picture it, you can you can fit it all together. It's like the jigsaw happened. And then when I went onto the stage to do a bit of the podcast, just behind the stage was Constractor's washing up bowl and her chair. And I said to her, I was like, I think the biggest celebrity here is actually your hand washing bowl. Because in the end, she was allowed to put a bit of water in it because water's not allowed on the stage. Obviously, it's flowing off of it. But one of the rules is no water on stage. So she said, yes, we got past it because we put a rug below it, which means that if any water spills, it goes onto the rug and nobody can slip. So as far as I know, and don't quote me on this, I think Constractor is the only person who's bent the rules just a little bit. I just love the idea that there is someone in Eurovision Health and Safety that had to fill out a really long form for her to be able to get <laughs> her to be able to get that bowl on the stage. I just love the idea that that had to happen. And talk to well, otherwise, what would it be? It would have been hand sanitizer, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, talk to us less about performance the, art. Talk to us about the green room, Steve, as well, because I've told the listeners this, you know, several times already this week. It is real. They are real plants, and they are real trees. But I don't think you can ever properly explain and understand quite how, I suppose, elaborate and extra an Italian it is until you're actually down there. It's like a hedge maze, I would say. And somebody told me it takes an hour to water all of them in the morning. Somebody actually does go around and water them. So you're basically in a little green, um, you're in a little like tree booth 
basically. And when the rehearsals were on, we could go down and you just pick a booth and sit in there. And suddenly, I think I think I was sat there with you actually, and we were like, "Is it is it actually real?" And you kind of feel it, and you're like, "Yeah, it is." Oh my goodness, uh, it looks really effective. I think. And the way the stage is this year, obviously, you know, we know about the sun, and there's been lots of talk about the sun, but it is a really impressive setup and. Ever since they introduced that green room being as part of the arena, it, you can't imagine it without it now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's part of the fabric of Eurovision. It adds to that atmosphere. And this year, there's, um, I don't know if you saw this, Rob, but there's uh, a load of benches between the stage, the, the B stage and the green room, where actually some very lucky audience members can sit. So they have you know, arguably one of the best views in the house because forward, they're right in the the eyeline of the artists and then they look behind and there's Monica Lou from Lithuania giving them a wave. It's like you say, you know, having the green room there is just so brilliant to kind of get the fans and everybody in the arena so close to the performers. Like you wouldn't get that really at any other event, entertainment event of this scale. You mentioned the delegation bubble earlier on. Of course... The atmosphere, presumably, after the first semi-final and then later on ahead of the second semi-final, it's, it's going to be a bit odd, isn't it? Because, you know, you had the opportunities to talk to everybody who qualified, but there's some very happy people and then some obviously quite disappointed people as well. Yeah, it's an atmosphere I've never I've never been in the delegation bubble after a semi-final before because I was kind of running between the press centre and the Del Bub, as they call it. And obviously there are people who are overjoyed so you know the portuguese delegation are getting the beers in uh i went into iceland's dressing room and there's a party atmosphere going on moldova had the prosecco out but as you walk to as i walked to moldova's dressing room i walked past i think it was denmark's and i just saw them almost packing up and i saw Citizeni um in the corridor giving an interview i mean just very quickly like i i saw watching the broadcast I saw how upset that they looked when it looked like they weren't qualifying and fair play they've put out a statement haven't they saying they're going to stay in Turin for the rest of the week which I think is brilliant you know to bring a bit of life to the city and just to really experience the whole Eurovision and you've kind of got this sadness mixed with absolute elation and I, I got a minute one minute with um s10 with steen from the netherlands and she made a really good point she was the, she's s10 she was the 10th out um and it was the 10th of may yesterday it was meant to be all the dutch fans meant to be. all the dutch fans i know are uh, like absolutely on tentacles every year because they appear to be the last qualifier almost yeah every semi-final but it always happens like that but at least they are through like you said. Uh, Steve, where are you going to be tonight? Is it more of the same for Semi 2? Yes, I think so. Um, I might go and see um, the show in the arena, but if not, I'll be in the press centre or the delegation. But I haven't actually picked yet. I don't know where to go today. But again, I'm going to be doing this mad dash afterwards to try to get all the qualifiers, which is no mean feat because they kind of scatter like ants do you know what i mean they kind of go everywhere they're not ants obviously but you know they all go in different directions and you kind of hang on to one and say i'll be back with you in a minute um because I, people might know or well, they probably do know that after um the show five of them go and do a press conference and then take pictures and then the other five who've made it through do a separate press conference and that's where 
you find out whether they're in the first half or second half. So you have a very small window to kind of collect them all. Uh, but it was it, it is really fun, and uh, I I can't wait for the for semi final two, um, you know from the Rasmus starting it off to we are Domi uh, ending it again. It's just such an incredible show. Well, Steve, thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for all of your hard work on the official pod. You're doing some great stuff, and I desperately hope, having seen how far that you have been walking between the Dell Bub, the press center, <laughs> the arena everywhere please tell me you've either got a pedometer or you have got that function on your phone and you know how many steps you've been doing i wish i had i wish i had i haven't but just very quickly about that walk you said it's it's an exciting walk it's basically you go over a really long boring bridge it's not exciting at all rob it goes it's a <laughs> it's a never-ending corridor and you're like, where, like it's almost dystopian in the best way possible um but it always feels longer than it is i'm like oh, i'm just gonna dash over to the other side nope i'm just gonna start my marathon uh get my hiking boots on um yeah it is not glamorous in the slightest uh i don't want to i i hope you're not like making anybody um think that it's like a glitzy gold lined um pathway to success it's not it's a really really long dull boring corridor <laughs> the show business of eurovision that's what it is <laughs> uh steve thank you so much enjoy the rest of eurovision week and really appreciate you having a chat cheers mate this is the euro trip when you aren't listening you can find us on social media we're at euro trip podcast warming you up for the eurovision song contest a huge thank you to Steve Holden for joining us there. Of course, host of the official Eurovision podcast. Go check that out if you haven't already, but not before you've listened to this one. You know, just you remember where your bread is buttered, to quote a UK saying, I think. I think I've quoted that correctly. You are listening to the Eurotrip, and if you want to get in touch with us, then we're at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. Or you can read our exclusive stories, eurotrippodcast.com. And so many of you have got in touch since the episode yesterday. I can't even tell you, like hundreds of tweets and DMs and messages. It has honestly taken me back because, yeah, it's just so heartwarming to know how many of you are out there, how many of you are listening to the podcast. And you've all been so lovely with your messages about, you know, everything that's happened with us and the fairly disastrous few days we've had but it means the world and it's made me feel so much better and it's given me loads of company as well because it's not ideal being in isolation and trim by yourself in a city in a country you don't live in but oh it's made me feel so much better so thank you so much for all your messages I can't even tell you how much it's meant don't forget you can get in touch with us on social media we're at Eurotrip Podcast. But should we continue with this edition of the Eurotrip as we look ahead to semi-final number two? Now, next up, another podcast favourite. We love her so very much. We always get to chat around Melody Festival and, of course, Sweden's national selection. We always get to talk around that time. She joins us on our Melfest Monday podcast as well. It is the lovely Bella Kvist. You might remember as well, she joined me actually earlier in the year and we had a chat with Blind Channel, which was very nice. And that's one of our most listened to episodes ever. So 
Great to get Bella back on the podcast. She's in Stockholm. She's been doing loads of preview stuff out there in Sweden for Swedish media outlets, Swedish TV, Swedish radio. So great to have her on board. Great to have her back on the podcast. And I started with another one of my hard-hitting journalistic questions as I crossed to Stockholm to chat to Bella. I said, Bella, how excited are you that Eurovision Week is finally here? On a, on a scale from, I mean, one to gazillion, we're, we're beyond that. Like, I am so excited. This is the best week of the year. I just, and I'm like, I'm holding on to the fact that we're sort of just about midway through. Like, there's still so much to come. Because um, I know how sad I'll be when this week is over. I'm just enjoying every second right now. Now, we always catch up, obviously, around Melody Festivalen. And it seems mm-hmm. crazy that we have gone from that. And that was, what, like almost two months ago. And now we're here already. Mm-hmm. Like time in, in the world of Eurovision just goes so quickly. Just flies. Flies on the wings of love. <laughs> nicely done. Very, very nicely done. <laughs> now, how is the mood in Sweden right now? Because I'm talking to you from Italy. And honestly, mm-hmm. you can't walk past a bar without hearing brevity somewhere. So mm. what is happening in Sweden right now? Are people excited this year? Is the mood a good one for Cornelia? The mood is definitely a good one. There is much excitement in the air. In the air. Uh, I feel like people are quite confident, but like Swedes always are to a point where we almost get a bit smug, which I, you know, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, I know I do it myself and I apologize, but um, no, people are very excited. I'm also like personally noticing a bit of a trend. I feel like, uh, I am getting many more requests to talk in, in different like uh, situations, be it on telly or on, on the radio or whatever, about Eurovision. I feel like, you know, the whole uh, monoskin effect from last year where we're seeing the big five really step up, but also just everyone, you know, the brand going global. I feel like Eurovision is more, it's bigger than ever. That's my feeling. Uh, and so I feel like the Swedes are definitely caught up in that as well. And and I feel like where people previously would have maybe thought it was a little bit on the geeky side, although Swedes always have loved Eurovision, it's now even more, I'd say, acceptable to say that you're a Eurovision nerd. I feel like more and more people are saying that. So yeah, the Swedes are excited. It really seems like this year that there is kind of a change in tack from what Sweden would usually mm. send to Eurovision. You know, we're so used to... Mm-hmm a polished pop song, I guess, being Sweden's entry. And don't get me wrong, Bella, that's not been a bad way of doing things for Sweden down the years. <laughs> but, but this year does seem does seem different. We have seen Sweden struggle a little bit with the televote over the last few years. So this does yeah. seem this does seem like a, a, a different method, I guess, and a different type of entry from Sweden this year. Absolutely. Uh, it's funny you ask because uh, a lot of people have asked me that question this week and I'm trying to say you know okay well what is the difference okay so we've not sent um, a female act for eight years you know having to sadly count out of the equation the mamas who never sadly got to go but th- so it's been you know counting them out it's been eight years since we sent a, a woman and as you say we have sent these very polished pop songs and I've kept hearing that you know oh Sweden it's very good but yeah a bit as you say polished maybe pop factory I feel like in the Eurovision movie when um you know the Sweden um Swedish uh, pretend entry there was very much the Johnny Johnny John John yeah of, of what a <laughs> Swedish entry has looked like and I get that um so yeah I get what you mean and with Cornelia I feel like what she does really well is uh, really connect with you 
like you you really feel like she's singing or certainly I do I feel like she's singing to me she's so present and close and I mean that the songs that the song the lyrics everything just feels very personal and raw um I feel like that is definitely key to this song and the fact that she um the way she performs it as well it just it's not you know as you say um super polished I mean of course it is you know it's pop perfection but it's also it doesn't come across as uh you know something manufactured it's, it just comes across as her singing to me about this horrible experience and you know that's something that I then feel that I can relate to I, I cried the first maybe 50 times I heard the song <laughs> I feel like she's so good at conveying those emotions and I hope that um you know she will she will manage to do that on Saturday or on Thursday first of all and then hopefully also on Saturday uh and maybe having seen you know semi-final one and what what acts came out of that which ones uh, did well maybe this is you know a time for Europe in mourning and maybe then this kind of song could do well um that's that's my theory uh at this moment um also the fact that can I just you know tell you all the reasons why I think Cornelia is going to win. <laughs> yes, absolutely you can. That's why you're a Swede, Bella. That's why you're here. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my case. So, uh, uh, Cornelia has this beautiful song full of emotion. She steps up onto the stage barefoot. Ten years ago, someone else did exactly that, barefoot, from this, performing in 17th place as, as Cornelia on Thursday. And she won, and I think, obviously I'm talking about Lorian and Euphoria, and I feel like Cornelia has the same vibe. I feel like, uh, yeah, I think that, that this is my theory. So, yeah, we have a new Lorian on our hands is my, it's my theory. And, um, yeah, put it out there, and um, man, I'm manifesting it, and we'll see what happens. Solid theory. It's pretty solid theory, and you're not the only one to make that comparison. I've already mentioned him once today. I know, I know. Ed, Edward Axelin himself, Sweden's commentator. You know, he said that he feels like Cornelia's got Lorene vibes, which is a, mm. a a big statement, but one that um, mm. I can absolutely understand. Uh, Bella, mm. you have been incredibly busy like this week like you've done something very mm. very exciting because we know you of course from chatting to us uh, about melody festival and maybe on melfest monday mm. of course you do commentary of the english language commentary of the melfest final which is very exciting but what have you mm -hmm. been up to this week so this week has been it's been a bit crazy actually um i did the so it, for svt the swedish broadcaster um they did a pre-eurovision show yesterday um, so I was on that together with Farah Abadi, the uh, presenter from Melfest, and uh, Cassiopeia, the one of the acts competing uh, with just uh, can't get enough, just can't get wait, just can't get enough. That's what it's called, right? Just yeah, that's it. Enough. Just can't get enough. Yeah, that's the. Yeah. I was like singing it to myself. I was like, oh, what's the actual <laughs> title of it? And, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, and American Song Contest winner, Cassiopeia. Uh, winner. All well, right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, she uh, she co-wrote the song uh, for Alexa, which won um, for Oklahoma. Uh, 
Wonderland that was called yeah so she was you know she was so happy uh, she just found out that morning obviously she woke up to those great news and then we did the show together so that was lovely um and then uh, following that I've, I've been asked to do three other tv things uh, this week so uh, basically people won't be able to watch um Swedish television without seeing my face this week um <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing but um that's what's happening so <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> very, uh, it's very aside, exciting yeah. yeah very very exciting so aside from mm. your many many tv appearances the big question is uh, mm. where will you be watching uh, the semi-final of course and where will you be watching mm. the grand final and the biggest of all questions Bella will there be mm. chips and dip <laughs> that is the most important question uh, okay so first of all this will tell you how much of a nerd I am but I haven't like booked in anything other than like you know a date with myself my boyfriend and the, and the tv because um you know I'm, I'm doing like the pre-shows uh, at SDT but even before I found out I was I was doing that um I I don't know about you but like if if I go to a like a Eurovision party people chat people talk you know I, and I I want to see the show like I want to hear what they're saying I want to know what's going on uh when Lorraine won in 2012 um it was my birthday and I had a big birthday party uh and I sat at the very front of the at the front room and like by the tv and just stared at that and like, ignored the entire room of people there to celebrate me behind me because I like I needed to see if Lorraine was gonna win um so that's how anti-social I get at Eurovision so I haven't made any plans <laughs> because I'm going to do the pre-shows um, as in like talk about, you know, what we think will happen. And I'm going to get in a taxi and I'm going to zoom home and watch it with my boyfriend and some bubbly, I expect. So it's his job to get the chips and dips in. It's definitely his job to get the <laughs> chips and dip in. And um, I think he's on it already. We'll have some dill chips, I'm hoping, and maybe some... Um, sour cream and onion dip that tends to go down well um maybe some cheese doodles obviously other brands are available <laughs> you know some licorice and oh it's gonna be the best a great spread of, of snacks to keep us going throughout the evening um you know hopefully or maybe I was about to say hopefully not but maybe we won't have a San Remo sort of length of Eurovision then again maybe that would be amazing like maybe because then it would go on for, for longer and it wouldn't stop um, yeah. Either way, I want to, you know, have sustenance snacks available so that we can watch it until the very end. Well, having had the Swedish chips and dips experience pre-Melfest, courtesy of yourself, I, for <laughs> one, am very jealous of your setup. That sounds perfect. Uh, Bella, happy Eurovision. Thank you so much happy for chatting. And, Thank uh, you for having me. All the best for, for Cornelia in Sweden this year. Yay, and all the best to Sam Ryder in the UK. I would be so pleased if the UK won this year. You definitely have earned it. It's been a long time. <laughs> and Sam is amazing. So yeah, um, best of luck to everyone, obviously. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. This is the Eurotrip previewing semi-final number two. Let me know what you're up to, by the way. What are your plans at Eurotrip Podcast, Twitter and Instagram? Send me a message. I want to know what your setup is. Send me your pictures. Are you having a party for semi-final two? Who are you supporting? Who do you hope qualifies? 
let me know, get in touch. Of course, all eyes from the Eurotrip team on the brilliant We Are Domi, who are closing the semi-final tonight. We had the chance to hang out with them a couple of times while I've been here in Turin. We caught up with them lots over the last few months on their Eurovision journey. And I don't think I've ever felt such a connection to a Eurovision artist than I have to the guys from We Are Domi. Hopefully you listening to this podcast have felt a little bit of that bond with them as well. And I know we're all wishing them the very, very best. So they are closing the second semi-final tonight. Benjamin, Dominica and Casper. if you listen to this, I think you've probably got other things on today. But honestly, all the best from us here at the Euro Trip. But there are 17 other artists, of course, in tonight's semi-final. And now we're going to hear from two of them. We've got Brooke as well, by the way, in the semi-finals tonight, who we've caught up with loads as well. But we're now going to hear from Oz from Romania. Now, he is a big fan favourite, and this is what happened when me and him caught up on the turquoise carpet last Sunday. Now, me and you had a, a conversation a few days ago, yeah. and that was after your second rehearsal. Yeah. Seemed like you were having the best time on that stage. How excited are you to get back on that stage now? Oh my God, we're rehearsing like, at the rehearsal, we're doing like three times, you know, and the, the amount of energy that I'm putting in, in, in every, every moment is like, you know, uh, divided by three. And now I cannot wait to do it like only for, in those three minutes to put all my energy there. It's going to be fire. It's going to be fire. I cannot wait. I gain so much confidence, you know, with every rehearsal because I have to show the people, you know, the fire that I've got inside. Yeah. And also talk to us about your journey to Eurovision. Of yeah. course, your journey to, to becoming a singer and doing this is your full time job. You know, mm-hmm. what were you doing like one year, two year, three years ago? Um, I was, for example, four years ago, I was in London. Uh, taking singing, uh, how to say, songwriting courses and everything, and I always, I never stopped dreaming about uh, about this, and now it's like really happening. I mean, look at me, I'm representing my country, and it feels amazing. And what I'm saying to all of my friends and all of my uh, fans is, never stop working and never stop dreaming about your, I would say, your idea and everything because it gives meaning to our life. You know, it's, it feels amazing. And just finally, us. Obviously, you are part of a brilliant collection of, of European artists this year, but I just saw you with uh, Andra Mahi from, from Cyprus. Talk to me about how much you love her. I, we never met. I mean, we never met. I'm always like, I saw her, she was in the next bus after us, and I saw her and I was screaming, I love you so much, I love you so much. And I, didn't, I never, I, I, hopefully we're going to have the chance to, to meet tonight because I love her song and she's like she looks like a beautiful mermaid on the stage and everything. She's mesmerizing. Yeah, yeah. I love her. I love the song and everything. So after you're finished with with people like me, with all these interviews, you get to go inside, you get to go to the party. Yeah. Who are you most looking forward to seeing and to catching up with? Oh my God, uh, Ronella, or, or whenever we see each other, is like a bomb energy. Uh, Ronella Chanel, Andromache as well, Jeremy, Brooke. Um, I don't know, I don't have the Chris. Uh, oh, we're. I mean, we we have like a small gang, but it's not so small already. More than sure, I'm forgetting uh, how to say names, and I don't want to do that. But it's such a beautiful how to say connection between us, and it's it's super nice because we're encouraging ourselves. It's not, that it doesn't feel like a competition, you know, and it's super nice. And do you think you might get the chance to work with some of them after Eurovision as well? Yeah, more than sure, more than sure. Yeah, that's something that. We know all of our listeners will be very excited about. Yeah, so, yeah. Ors, thank you for talking to us. Thank you so much, and let's have fun. <laughs> so, Romania, one of the countries performing tonight, he'll be hoping to take his nation back into the grand final. But honestly, who knows what's going to happen tonight, having seen the results that we did 
on Tuesday. I know you are after some updates of my isolation life here in Margarita's apartment. I was telling you all about the cooker yesterday and already mentioned hopefully getting a takeaway delivered tonight. So the cooker will not be a problem again until tomorrow. But um, just to add insult to injury, um, obviously I had a shower yesterday and because it was so warm I decided to hang my towel on the balcony. All good, you would expect. Realised quite late last night that I'd left my towel on the balcony overnight but couldn't be bothered to go and sort of fetch it in. Anyway, I went to get it this morning before I hopped in the shower and uh, a pigeon has pooed on it. So I think that hopefully is the end of the bad luck. I don't know what else can happen but hopefully that is now the end of the bad luck. But shall we hear from our final act on the podcast today? He's one that we've been building up to here on today's episode because this was a lovely chat that me and Sheldon Riley from Australia had in Sheldon's hotel, actually. I travelled to the north of Turin to have a catch-up with him a few days ago. We sat in a meeting room just off the reception of his hotel. He was so nice to me. Lovely, lovely guy. And when I started the interview, I thought I'd start by asking what that moment was like when he first stepped onto the Eurovision stage. They prepped me. I get emotional easy because I'm stupid, but they were like, just be ready. We don't have time to be emotional. They quite literally click a clock and they're like, let's get into it and you can't mess around. For those people that don't know, yeah, there is there's literally a, a man who just stands by the stage, doesn't he? And he just shouts like, four minutes, three minutes. No, four. Joke. He really does. And there's like a, like a big timing clock and they click it. So they're like, you don't have time. But I was breathtaking the stage is crazy i think they may have taken the green room thing quite literally it's the greeniest green room i've ever seen in my entire life just covered in trees um no it's 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 really nice the whole stage is it's everything and more that i've wanted it to be for so long so talking of the green room you haven't got any allergies have you no no what a relief what a relief my my fear was that we were going to get loads of bugs in the green room because of all the plants but i've been there no they're real i haven't actually seen them up close but from the stage i'm like god there's there's, it's a forest in here apparently they were all imported from tuscany oh that's really sweet so when you sat there amongst them all you can say to somebody else you're like they were from tuscany you can have that for free that's fun oh how exciting (laughs) now if we talk about the performance of your song and if, if we talk about everything that people can expect one fact that's taken me aback is quite how heavy your stage outfit is. Just, uh, just, it's not that heavy. It's only like 50 kilos or something. How does that get here? What, what makes up the 50 kilos and how does that get here? The mask is about four kilos. The skirt is the 40, 40 kilos, 41 kilos or something. And then the jacket, the pant, the shirt all the rings, the everything else, it just all collectively hits 51 kilograms exactly. It's beautiful though, so I'm not making any complaints. It's just, wait till you see the performance, me walking up the stairs. Everyone thinks I just stand and sing at a mic stand. Once you see it, I'm, I'm charging up that staircase. When it comes to kind of people watching the song and people getting from the song kind of the message that you're trying to get across, what do you hope they kind of yeah, what do you hope their understanding is? Um, I guess just we're not the same and that's okay. And sometimes it takes a very hard battle to get up the mountain before you can see the light. And that's, I mean, in a few words or less, that's about it. Yeah. I mean, take from it what you will. There's a lot of people in the LGBT community who are taking from it. There are people in uh, the neurodivergent community that are taking from it. I mean, that's where I wrote the song from. But it's... Um, I think we've all felt that feeling where someone's made you feel 
like you're not welcome in a space. And everyone knows that gut-wrenching feeling where you just go, I just want to go home. I don't like that feeling. And um, I think that's why a lot of people like the songs too emotional or it's too deep or it's too dark and it's just like, or it's too repetitive. And I just say to people, well, if you don't like being, you know, hearing I'm not the same so many times, can you imagine being told it all your life? That's the, the whole point of the song. So take from it what you will, but ultimately we're not the same and that's okay. The same, no. Oh, we're not the same, no. Oh, we're not the same. When it comes to Australia at Eurovision, understandably, you are kind of the subject of so much attention because everybody wants to talk to you. I think I described Australia on a podcast the other day as kind of like the fun uncle. Like <laughs> everyone is just, everyone is delighted you're here. That's it, so funny. Like you, you, you're the relative that we don't get to see very often yeah, throughout the year. But then, but then when you walk through the door, we're delighted to see you again. <laughs> That's sweet. No, I'm excited to talk with everyone. I get... I mean, there was a very long time in my career, maybe up until about six months ago, where I would have killed to speak all about fashion and all about music and all about everything, and now I, I get to, so I, I will talk to anyone. That's that's very sweet. I think it's just, we're so far away, and our, I mean, pull me out of the competition for a second. Our ideas have been so much fun. Like, honestly, Kate Miller-Heike swinging on that pole, or Dami M just being the vocal powerhouse that she is on that crazy glittery sparkly box. I mean, we just have fun concepts, so I don't know. I think it's fun. The fun uncle. You're <laughs> That's so funny. Sheldon, I know that you, you, know, you are a Eurovision fan yourself, of course. Um, talk to me about your... Talk to me about you and Conchita. I know Conchita is a kind of a, a huge inspiration for you and, and a big, big, you and you rather are a big fan of, of her work. Just a massive fan. Um, <laughs> I come from a very religious family, uh, very reserved. So wearing, uh, seeing a, a, a lady with a beard is what we kind of remember it as. Um, it was just groundbreaking for me in my mind. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And obviously it was so much more than just, you know, the bearded lady. It's turned into, you know, Conchita from Austria with the song Rise Like a Phoenix, the song that changed everybody's lives and hearts and honestly put Eurovision back in everyone's hearts as well that year. So, I mean, I'm just the biggest fan. I tell people she changed my life because she did. It was, it was everything. Back home, have we got kind of friends, family, relatives getting ready to support you from across the, the other side of the world? Are they, are they getting up early? I mean, I hope so. I've woken up every year at 5am to watch everybody else. They better. <laughs> what do you normally do, actually? Do you normally have a Eurovision party? No, it's just me alone, 5am in the morning with my dog. <laughs> is, the, is the dog going to be back home watching? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we spent a fuck ton of money <laughs> to put him in a fancy... I didn't want to just send him to a kennel. I love him so much. He's in a fancy spot. What, what, uh, what type of dog you got? An English Springer Spaniel. He's just my life. His name's Grayson. <laughs> With so much energy, I guess. So much energy. He's just great. But well, anyway, enough about my dog. But he's, he's amazing. I could happily talk about your dog all day, Sheldon, honestly, I promise. Well, I hope Grayson has a lovely time. Oh, I hope, so. I hope he has a great time. Sheldon, it's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you. What message have you got to the people who can vote for you in that second semi-final? They can get you through to the final and we can see that 50k costume on the stage for a second time in the grand final. You're so funny. Oh, I just uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if, you, if you like it, 
and vote for it, I guess. I'm just so, I'm so proud to be here. I really am, especially after uh, last year with our contestant who couldn't come over. That was awful. Like I would have been heartbroken. So I think everyone in Australia just has the biggest smile on their faces that we were able to get here. So um, I, you know, I hope everyone loves it. I've been working on this for the last 10 years. <laughs> Sheldon, thank you so much for talking to us on the Euro trip. Thank you, my love. Thank you. Here we go. This is, this is the Euro trip. Euro trip. Sheldon Riley from Australia there and brilliant to have Australia back at Eurovision this year. You know, of course, Montaigne did compete in Eurovision 2021, but to have Sheldon on the ground here in Turin and for him to be able to take that incredibly heavy outfit onto the stage and perform in front of the thousands in the arena and also the millions watching at home and just be part of the class of 2022 properly is so lovely. So thank you to Sheldon, thank you to the Australian delegation for sorting out that chat and it was brilliant to have him on the podcast today. But that is it. Next time we talk, we will know our finalists for Eurovision 2022 and next time we talk, we'll have a running order. The final of Eurovision 2022 will be so close, we'll almost be able to taste it next time we chat. So, for now, thank you very much for listening. I hope you have an incredible evening watching Semi 2. And also, don't forget to send me your plans. Send me your pictures of your setup. Let me know what you're eating. Let me know what you're doing. Are you here in Turin? Are you watching at home? What are you up to? At Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Or email hello at EurotripPodcast.com. Or for our exclusive stories, EurotripPodcast.com on the internet on the internet makes it sound very old-fashioned doesn't it but you know what i mean i am gonna go make some lunch i'm just making a sandwich so the cooker does not require usage so we should be good cheese and ham if you're interested but yeah huge thanks to you for listening we will be back tomorrow i'll definitely be back who knows maybe james will make an appearance as well but yeah i'll definitely be back to preview i guess start previewing the grand final, but more importantly to review all of the action that we see on our screens on tonight's show in the second semi-final. Good luck to your favourites. I hope they get through. Hopefully I can find a clean towel that doesn't have pigeon poo on it. And don't forget to leave us a review, rate us five star, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. And honestly, please do leave us a little review wherever you're listening to this. That would mean the world. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.